0: Felicia Delta Duran, because that was my full name at the time, Felicia Delta Duran, with a name like that, you have to go far. And that means that you can't waste your time on people who don't understand you, as in dating someone who doesn't connect with you, not like people that you love. And he said, you're going to meet somebody and it's going to be like
1: deep calling to deep. That's what it's going to be like. And when that happens... Daniel, welcome to that one conversation—the podcast where we share those conversations that have formed us into the person we are today. And in doing so, they create a ripple effect of positive change, all from that one conversation. I'm Laurie Rowe, the host of this podcast, and I'm on a mission. My mission is to create connection, community, and change through the curation and cultivation of conversations. Join me as we share these conversations because, who knows, they might just change your life too. Today's guest is Felicia Masonheimer. Felicia and I met a number of years ago when we both worked at Liberty University. I was the director of recruitment and Felicia was an admissions counselor whose cubicle was right outside my office. I knew Felicia was a great writer. She had a blog, she was fantastic at making admissions presentations, and she was savvy at adopting some of the emerging technologies at that particular time regarding social media. I also knew Felicia had very high standards, which is something that I deeply value as well. And so I was always cheering her on with her very selective dating criteria. And I had a bird's eye view as she began dating the young man that is now her husband. But what I never knew was that there was a professor who had a huge impact on Felicia, particularly as it related to dating, and surprisingly, as it pertains to her current day career. One day, a couple years ago, I was looking at podcast rankings, because that's something I do for my line of work, and I was so surprised to see Felicia's name and podcast in the top 10 globally for the Christian podcast category. I did a double take, and then like all good researchers, I went over to Instagram to see what was she up to, and I realized that Felicia had, for lack of a better description, exploded on Instagram. And when I realized what she was doing, my heart burst with pride. Not the bad kind of pride, but the pride of a mother hen, a mentor. Because Felicia and her husband, Josh, now lead a ministry. Every woman, a theologian. Felicia teaches women how to read the Bible, how to understand it, how to apply it and decipher truth, how to develop your theology, and perhaps most exciting, how to bring all of this into your home and teach your family. I hope this episode prompts you to follow her on Instagram, download her fantastic podcast, and buy her new book, because I think what Felicia is doing for this generation is so incredibly important. And I'm so proud of the woman that she has become and is becoming, and the women she is mentoring to become everyday theologians. I hope you enjoy this conversation with Felicia, even a fraction as much as I did. We were just chatting beforehand, and I said, you had to write a book. I had to start a podcast. I had to contact your publicist just so we could have a conversation, because Felicia and I go back a few years. I just am so thrilled to have you here. So say hi to everybody. Hello.
0: I'm so happy to be here. We go back, Lori, we go back over a decade. A
1: decade seems like a long time to you, but to (laughs) me, because I've lived a few more decades than you, it's not quite as long. But, (laughs) But I will still take that. I mean, 11 years, whatever it is, I will take it. I am so thrilled to have you. I'm so, so proud of you. Thank you. My Liberty years were like a third career for me. I have all these young individuals, male and females, who worked with me. It was their first career, and you're one of those people. And there are a handful of individuals like yourself, and there's several others that I could just go on about, that have gone on and done things with their careers. And I'm like... I'm so proud of you. I'm your biggest cheerleader. I'm just so thrilled that our paths crossed when they did. So you're one of those people I feel so um, endeared towards. So for those listening today, kick us off by telling us who is Felicia Masonheimer.
0: Okay. Well, I did start my career right alongside and under you, Mm -hmm. Lori. (laughs) Um, In higher education, but I am now the founder of Every Woman a Theologian, which is a ministry that teaches women and families how to know what they believe and live it boldly and communicate it graciously. So, a lot of what I do is teach people really how to own their walk with God, own their study of the Bible, so that they can communicate it to their world. So, my heart really is both teaching and evangelism. And I got a degree in religion when I was working at Liberty. And so that was where my interest began. Um, But I never planned to use it for anything other than my own enjoyment because I had a career I loved. I loved being in higher ed and in admissions, never planned to leave. And actually, when I did leave Liberty, I went on to be an independent college advisor. So I did not plan to go into what I'm doing. But always on the side, I was writing about scripture and using my religion degree to divide scripture and say, look what this means. Like, this is why we can trust the Lord. This is what scripture says. And the Lord just expanded those opportunities to every woman, a theologian. So My husband, Josh, we've been married almost nine years. We work together. He is the chief operating officer for every woman, a theologian. And then we have three kids who are seven, five, and two. And we homeschool them together and live on a little farm in Northern Michigan. So literally far Northern Michigan, like two hours South of Canada. (laughs) (laughs) So So the great white North. Um, and we love it. It's, it's amazing. It's, um, Again, like the Lord totally took it a direction I did not expect, but it's been
1: wonderful. And he has a way of doing that. Like I didn't ever expect to live in Lynchburg, Virginia, nor did I ever expect to live in Salt Lake City, Utah. So God has a wonderful way of taking us places we do not expect. In fact, I have a joke because when I was in college years ago, more years ago than you, my mom and I, we were in Ohio for a a choir tour that I was a part of. And we both said, oh, we would never want to live in Ohio because we were there in the winter. And it was like (laughs) Cleveland, dirty snow. It was really, really nasty. I kid you not less than a year later, my dad gets a job in Ohio and I end up our entire family moves to Ohio. And I finished my college (laughs) years in Ohio. And so then I said, I would never live in Lynchburg, Virginia, which is where my parents were living at the time. And here we go up living in Lynchburg, Virginia. And then I said I would never live in Salt Lake City because my husband one day said, I think you would really like Salt Lake City. And I'm like, You're crazy. Like, why would I want to live in Salt Lake City, Utah? And here we are. So now I have learned to say, Never say never, but I will say I will never live in Paris because (laughs) then then God might move you. Maybe we'll (laughs) live in Paris. I don't know. Anyway. Felicia, I'm really thrilled to hear about that one conversation that changed everything for you. So I'd like Mm -hmm. for you to share with us about that one conversation that you had. Who Mm -hmm. were you at the time? How old were you? What was going on Mm -hmm. in your life? Where were you? Mm -hmm. Set it up for us Mm -hmm. and then tell us about that conversation.
0: So I actually was working at Liberty at the time, living in Lynchburg. I think I was 20, probably 22 years old. I had my job in admissions and I was getting my degree at the same time. And one of my professors that I'd had in communications, because I had been a journalism major first and then switched to religion because I was like, I'm probably not going to go into journalism, but I like to write. And I... I think religion's more challenging. One of my professors from the communications program had stayed friends with me. So I was still friends with him. His name was Dr. Cliff Kelly. If any of your listeners read the Louise Penny mystery novels or have watched the show Three Pines, Inspector Gamache is exactly what Dr. (laughs) Kelly looked like. Like dark hair, dark mustache, the friendliest, most wonderful professor you could ever ask for Mm. genuinely cared about every student that he had amazing teacher but also just an amazing person he really connected with his students and he would take us out to coffee or invite us to stop by his office and talk to him about anything and so we actually had gone to chick-fil-a just to catch up because i wasn't in his class anymore he and i were talking about a recent breakup that i had gone through so i you know 22 years old In a college town, you'd think there were plenty of guys to go around, but I was feeling like there weren't. (laughs) And I was just telling him, like, I'm just so, I'm just so, you know, bummed about this. And I'm so frustrated because it feels like a waste of time. And I feel like these guys don't get me. I don't feel like I can connect Mm -hmm. with these guys that I've dated. And Dr. Kelly was just, he'd always lean on the table on his elbows and get an Americano coffee, like a black coffee and mm-hmm. nothing else because he was lactose intolerant and he always made sure <laughs> you knew that. And he's so he has his black coffee and he's leaning on the table and he said, Felicia Delta Duran, because that was my full name at the time, Felicia Delta Duran. With a name like that, you have to go far. And that means that you can't waste your time on people who don't understand you, as in dating someone who mm-hmm. doesn't connect with you not like people that you love. And he said, you're going to meet somebody and it's going to be like deep calling to deep. That's what it's going to be like. And when that happens, then you'll know. At the time, I took that conversation really about dating, that I needed to hold out for a guy who really would love me and understand spiritual connection that he was encouraging is what he was saying, hold out for this. And so I took that in terms of dating at first, because that's really what he was talking about. But it also applied to a lot more than that for me, I think, because it was the conversation with him that really cemented his care for me, like as a student and as a person, and the fact that he always, no matter what, believed in me. So because he had this confidence that not only would there be a day when I, you know, did find somebody who connected with me on a spiritual level, who was like equally yoked with me, not only did he encourage that, but he also just encouraged me to not believe in myself because I don't really love that phrase, like believe in in myself, but to maybe believe that God was able to do something through me that I didn't expect, or maybe I would have like believed something smaller Hmm. for myself. Yeah. But he saw something bigger than that. And because he did that, it paved a way to a lot more than I think he would have ever anticipated. I mean, he was my communications professor, so. He read my writing and he critiqued my speaking. And I use both of those to this day. You know, that's what I do. I'm a writer and a speaker. Ultimately, I think it was his confidence, total unquestioning confidence that I could do whatever God called me to do. Right. That just opened a lot of doors for me. So it was about dating and it did lead me to say no to a lot of guys in order to say yes to Josh, my now husband, who did and does share my spiritual values. We are equally yoked. That's made such a difference in our marriage because we've had a very difficult marriage. And if we didn't have that core, I don't know what we would do. We probably wouldn't be married. So his encouragement in that regard was huge, but it was also an encouragement, I guess, to just follow what God was giving and not not believe something too small and and believe that, you know what,
1: God's going to do something Great if I continue to walk with him. This idea of not limiting your belief. And it Mm -hmm. wasn't a belief in yourself, it was a belief that God was actually bigger than maybe Mm -hmm. you were giving him credit for, even though you were a religion major and you obviously loved the Lord. But it's not hard for us to put God in a box Mm -hmm. and think at that moment at 22 years old, well, this is the hand I'm dealt with with Guy, so I guess I'll just settle. Right. And it sounds like he's saying, no, there's somebody. There's the perfect person. But it's not just in dating, it's in everything. Right. Having that higher view of God, that He is exceedingly abundantly better than we can imagine. He does exceedingly abundantly more than we could imagine. That's a core value, really, when you understand that God is exceedingly abundantly more and he gives us exceedingly abundantly more that can become a core value in the way that you live your life and it sounds like that's kind of what happened when he gave you the gift of that conversation i guess you
0: could almost say it it's like when the bible says to lift up your eyes it's almost like that is what he was trying to do and i think as a professor and a teacher mm-hmm. that that yeah. was his overall goal with all of his kids that he taught but the fact that he was able to say like no, you're made for more than this. I know you're like bummed out about your life right now, Mm -hmm. but there actually is more and better available to you and you will have to work. You know, he never shied away from saying like, you're going to have to work at it. Like, I'm not going to, like he wasn't easy on us in class, I think. But he, in our relationship was always like, if you continue to discipline yourself to work at this, there's so much available to you. And I can see that it's going
1: to happen for you.
0: Yeah, obviously he didn't know how, but he did know it was possible.
1: One of my favorite memories of you is in the early days that you and Josh were dating, there was an empty office next door to mine. And Josh would bring you carry out Chick-fil-A, and he would make a picnic for the two of you in that empty office. Everybody in the office would be like, Did you see (gasps) what Felicia's new boyfriend is doing? He brought Chick-fil-A and they're having a picnic in the office. And you know. It's so funny because first of all it's just an endearing image, you know, of the two of you sitting on the floor in an empty office and looking out over mm-hmm. the Blue Ridge Mountains while you had your Chick-fil-A. It's also a sign of what was to come. You know that Josh was the kind of individual that knew how to woo your heart and how to be somebody different that spoke to you. I can't imagine that there was any mm-hmm. other suitor that would have brought Chick-fil-A and had a picnic in the empty office next door.
0: Yeah, it's funny cuz when we were working in the same office you and I, he would do that, but he also wrote like he wrote notes on Chick-fil-A yeah. bags <laughs> and he would leave Chick-fil-A with the note on the bag. I-, I ripped out those notes and kept he'd give me coffee cups with notes That's written so on funny. them like oh bring goodness. me coffee and I have the coffee cups still saved. It was the first time that someone had ever cared like actually invested that much in a in a dating relationship with me and i did often think back to that conversation where it wasn't that much earlier that dr kelly had said this and then i met josh and you know we began dating and and he did show that he was someone who did truly care and now you know 9 years later since our marriage 11 years that we've been together it's just neat to see how he has continued to fight for our values, our family, our time, our home, our ministry. Um and he he was an engineer. He did not marry me planning to go into full-time ministry. Like he was an engineer. <laughs> right. It's amazing to see what the Lord brought me in alignment with Dr. Kelly's words. It wasn't like Dr. Kelly was prophesying over me sure. or he was manifesting something. I think he was just Stating
1: his faith in God's goodness, mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. Well, Felicia, let's transition to what I call the paying it forward aspect of that conversation, because you know when a conversation changes us to our core, changes the direction of our lives, then by default, it changes everything that then proceeds from that. So, obviously, in your case, it changed to you married. It changed your belief system around this particular topic. So I would love for you to share with us about how the conversation that Dr. Kelly gave you changed your life. And then we're going to talk about the ripple effects of that. So as I shared, it obviously changed,
0: you know, some of the decisions that I made um, in terms of who I dated and then married in terms of, I think my willingness to just risk things. I am not someone who likes to look stupid. I mean, most people probably don't, right? But I think there's some personalities where they're just like, I don't care what anybody thinks. I'm just gonna go for it. That is not naturally who I am. I don't like to fail. But we all know that failure is a part of human life. It's part of growing. It's a part of the walk with God. It's a part of life, right? right? So him saying this to me and almost like the way he said it, it's so funny. He would always say that about my name. It wasn't that one time. He said it multiple times. He'd say, with a name like Felicia Delta, you have to go far. And I was like, that's so abstract. My parents just named me that. Like, that doesn't mean – it means happy, but it doesn't mean anything else, really. Um, <laughs> well, Delta means fertile, but that's kind of awkward. So <laughs> between the two, it's like, I don't know what that really means. But I think what he was really saying, at least how it met my spirit, was he was speaking something over my Actual identity, my name. Hmm. And so when I went on to, you know, begin doing more and more formal ministry, there wasn't this question of, should I be doing this? Am I called to this? I never, ever asked, am I called to this? Is yeah. this my calling? I still don't ask that question. Yeah. Yeah. I just knew I just have to do the next faithful thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The next step of obedience and accept what opportunities God gives me. I'm not going to strive to build something. I'm not going to strive to make this giant entity, you know, or institution. All I'm trying to do is speak the life of God to as many people as I have opportunity to do that. Mm. Having this conversation with you actually made me make this connection. I think that's exactly what he did for me you know, he spoke the life of God, the truth of God to me. And then that in turn has been what
1: I've been able to do for thousands of women around the world. Yeah. That's one of the reasons I love this podcast because without fell, every guest I have spoken to has some sort of an epiphany during the interview. Like I never made this connection. And now mm. I realize that this conversation actually did this to me. And it's, mm. A time to pause and reflect and be grateful because those conversations, those words, are powerful. They are very, very powerful. Felicia, something that I observe about you is how you mother your children. I know that you and Josh are very deliberate in your parenting, and I also know that you grew up as a homeschooled child, mm-hmm. and so homeschooling for you was probably less of a question. It was just, it was, right. This is mm-hmm. the way it is. But as I watch your social media stories, because you're super diligent about sharing all sorts of really valuable content through primarily Instagram, I learned so much from you about Mm -hmm. parenting. I wonder if you've ever thought about that conversation from Dr. Kelly in the context of parenting and how Mm -hmm. you're gifting your children with that same belief Mm. that God has something bigger than you can imagine, Mm. even in the day to day and the minute to minute, because I feel like your parenting is so purposeful. Mm. What do you think?
0: Can you talk about that a little bit? Well, I love that you brought that up because again, I never thought of it that way. I do believe there is no such thing as a mundane moment for immortal people (laughs) because that's what we are, right? It's like C.S. Lewis said, there are no mortal beings. There are only immortal souls. For us, there is no truly mundane moment because everything is able to be holy and sacred. Somebody messaged me actually a couple days ago and said, keep making the normal sacred and the sacred normal. And what she meant by sacred was like, take the theology that feels so abstract and make it accessible to the average person, which is my goal. But the normal is also sacred. And so in that sense, I hope for my kids to see that your average Tuesday in our home when we don't go anywhere and nothing is shared on social media and we're just reading books and going outside and having someone over to dinner, that's holy and that's seen by God. You know, social media today is so obsessed with, I went to Paris, or I spent this much money on this thing, or look at all these fun things that I'm doing. And we just think that the average day doesn't matter anymore because it doesn't belong on a highlight reel, but God says all of it matters. And Mm. so, yes, in that sense, I think when he said to me, like, you're going to have this connection, like deep is calling to deep. I think it's yes, between spouses or people. There's a deep calling to deep for the Christian that is a soul connection with any other Christian. And it's also a connection with God in the midst of any day, anywhere, any place. You can always have that depth. And so in that sense, I think it definitely applied and definitely shaped me for
1: how we try (laughs) to parent our kids. Parenting behind the scenes is not glamorous. There's a lot of hard I know that just what you share in social media is not the reality of every moment, but the reality of every moment is that we can keep every moment holy and sacred because God's in all of that. Mm-hmm. Felicia, I really want to transition into talking about the work that you're doing with every woman A theologian, which I think is mm-hmm. such a great brand, you know, under the assumption that this conversation also really helped you You know, you wouldn't have thought this big. Mm -hmm. I think that the Lord has so uniquely equipped you at such a time as this, at this moment in church history, to really be a voice to women and men. But I mean, obviously, every woman, a theologian, kind of lends itself towards women, which I think is great because there is, in certain traditional evangelical mindsets, an idea that women don't need to know the Bible the way that Mm -hmm. men do, which I think is Mm -hmm. such an awful mindset. But tell us a little bit about how this evolved, how it took root and became what it is today. And then I'm not even the least bit convinced that it's come to full fruition. There's a a great road ahead of you. But tell us about the beginning and, and where it is now.
0: So I have been writing in this capacity for 15 years so I was always writing and and kind of trying to divide out what does scripture say? Can I trust it? I was I was that child, that like contrary debating child that just had to wrestle this out for myself. And I'm grateful my parents gave me that opportunity cuz I think it allowed me to to grow into what I do now. But I started writing 15 years ago and then in my early 20s when I was in college I started writing on a little blog about just some of what I was learning in school and what I was learning as I studied scripture. And I wrote a lot about being single and about Christian sexuality. Actually, that's how I started out. I was writing about Christian sexuality. And at the time, very few women were talking about that online. Now there's a lot. But back then, there were probably five or six different bloggers who were writing about sexuality, and specifically pornography addictions in women. And I was talking about that. So that's kind of how I got my start. I was writing about what scripture says about pornography and sexual addiction and things like that, and how to find freedom from that as a Christian woman. And so I got a little bit of a following from that, got my religion degree, and I began to ask myself, like personally, well, why does the Bible get to tell me what to do with my sexuality? Like, why do I have to believe this Bible? And I grew up in a Christian home. So nowadays they'd probably call this a deconstruction, but I was just like, I have to break this down. I have to break it down backwards and find out why I need this to trust the Bible. So I started studying about that and writing about that, began to gather more and more people who are asking the same questions. And so over time, let's see, seven years ago is when I it really was expanding to be about theology and scripture lived in daily life. I launched my first ebook about Christian sexuality when I was pregnant with my second daughter. So 2017, my husband had lost his job the day after we signed our mortgage on our new house. And I was like, well, I could maybe sell this book for 10 bucks and see what happens. That book provided for us for the two and a half months that he didn't have a job. And so it was kind of the beginning of something where I saw there's a way to create resources that meet women and their questions. And women want to go deeper. They want to. But they're being told that they either have to go to seminary to do it or they're not supposed to do anything with it at all. There has to be an in-between here. And so um, I came alongside existing Bible teachers because there were already women doing great things in this area in providing theological resources to women. And so over those years since, so that's five years. In the last five years, we went from it being a one-man show, (laughs) me, during nap time, to now we have a team of seven. My husband works with me and is home with me. We have an international ministry. We're beginning Spanish translation of our resources. It's really exciting. It's awesome. And our name, Every Woman a Theologian, it used to be just my name. The blog was just Felicia Masonheimer Mm -hmm. or whatever. Came from our creative director, Eric Novak. He texted me when I was on a road trip and he said, I think I have a name and I think we should name the company this. What do you think? Every woman a theologian. I started crying the first time I saw it. I was like, but this is it. Like, this is Mm -hmm. what we're after. And so that became the name of our ministry because I really wanted to start having it be its own, not brand, but its own Mm -hmm. ministry that Mm -hmm. outlasts me, you know, that it's more than Felicia Masonheimer. So that's what we're working towards now. And we're really, really excited for what the Lord has done so far.
1: Mm -hmm. Felicia, give us a couple of stories about feedback that you get from your customers slash fans slash your tribe? I like to call them my co-laborers. My goal is to
0: equip them so they preach the gospel on their street, their community where we will never reach. They are the ambassadors for Christ. couple things. We had one woman share with us that, two actually, share with us that they had just begun studying the word seriously through our ministry Never felt like they were equipped to study it for themselves. They always wanted scripted Bible studies because that's one thing that we try to teach them is you can read the Bible for yourself. You don't have to mm-hmm. depend on a Bible study. Like you mm-hmm. can do it. So, so they started doing that. And then a couple years in had just devastating family losses. I think one lost her husband, one lost a baby. And yet they shared that even though that was just soul crushing grief, that at that point they were two years in to this strong faith in the Lord in this daily walk with him that carried them through that grief when they've said, you know, before I might've walked away, I I might've wanted to die. Like I had something to cling to through this grief. We've heard stories of people who said, I didn't grow up in a Christian home. I knew nothing about Christianity or the Bible, but now I feel confident to share this with my kids and Mm -hmm. communicate to my kids. This is why we believe what we believe. Um, We had a gal wear one of our shirts in a coffee shop that said, I think theology matters. And someone came up and said, what does that mean? And she had a whole conversation about the Bible with that person. All we're hoping to do is give them the equipment to do what God has asked them to do. And then they're going to do it their way. Seeing them do that is the most rewarding thing I could ever ask for to just see Mm -hmm. them go out and be able to preach the gospel to somebody in their life without anxiety. And to know that, you know what, I'm, they're walking with the Lord, they're walking in his spirit. And that alone is just enough to make it completely
1: worth all the work. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you also have a podcast the Verity Mm -hmm. podcast. I love listening to your episodes. You've got rich content about how to study the Bible. You've done series on Bible translations. You've done series on what different theological words mean. Where does that fit into the bigger picture of what you're doing? The podcast began in January,
0: 2020. So it's only been around three years. I wanted a place to house content for auditory learners or for busy people who wanted to listen on the go. My goal is ultimately for us to provide resources in a way that fits every learning style. Cause I'm very passionate about that as a home educator, everybody has a different learning style, right? So visual auditory written, word, anything we can do to provide those kinds of resources. So that's why we did the podcast. And then we take that content and we use it on social media and to print books and all sorts of stuff like
1: that to give it in multiple formats so that people can access the information. Which I think is great because even just from a marketing perspective, a a person that's trying to reach an audience needs to reach them seven different times before that message even sticks. And so it's important when we think about learning, especially something like the Bible, learning theology, learning how to study the Bible, that we're getting it multiple times because we can listen to your podcast and we're not going to catch every word. So then having it in print, having it in all these different forms is really critical for us as human beings to be able to comprehend the content Mm -hmm. and the message and to really then take it the next step and be able to apply it. So Mm -hmm. that's really great. Don't you have another podcast?
0: I do. I have a co-hosted podcast called Raising Cross-Formed Kids. It's basically a, more of a discussion of the theology behind raising really little disciples from babyhood to probably eight or nine um, is what we're focused on because that's the ages of our kids, me and my co-host, Ryan Cotney, So we just focus on like, what is the theology behind consequences? Is that biblical to give our kids consequences? How do we explain sin in a way that's not like fear inducing, but yet respects scripture? How do we explain the Trinity without being heretics?
1: Things like that. So, that one's geared more towards parents. Yeah, more toward parents of young kids or women that want to be theologians. That too. Yeah. <laughs> well, I can see how, for someone that thought they were going to have a career in higher ed, which I actually didn't know, you know, I think I always thought you were going to be a bible teacher or that you intended to have a career kind of doing what you're doing. Oh, that's, that's
0: wild. That's, that's like
1: funny. Kind of what I always thought was going to happen for you. So, so everybody I knew if, except me. Right, right. <laughs> maybe yeah, I don't know how I how I knew that, but it nothing that you've done so far has surprised me because I do think that God has a a very special purpose for all of us and I think that your purpose when you're leaning into the spirit, when you're listening to what God has for you, you do align with his plan for your life. And it is bigger than you imagine. We know from scripture that his plans are exceedingly abundantly more than we could even Mm -hmm. think to ask. And Mm -hmm. so I love that Dr. Kelly gave you this conversation Mm -hmm. and that it really did impact and infiltrate your life in such a way that it wasn't just about who you were going to date and who you're going to marry. But it's really become a ripple effect in all areas of your life to think bigger, better, larger. Oh, that we as believers, as followers of Jesus would all grasp that, that Mm -hmm. God has plans bigger and better than we could imagine. Felicia, I wonder, have you ever paid it backwards? Have you ever gone back to Dr. Kelly and thanked him for the conversation that he gave you?
0: You know, I have, at least I tried to, he's harder to contact now and it's been so long. I didn't always hear back, but I did try to tell him thank you and to kind of check in and tell him like, you inspired a lot of what's happening now. And I would credit a good deal of what I do today to his belief in me, his presence, and even his communication instruction. (laughs) You know, Um, just that combination of those things was what I needed to do what I do today. And that's just a huge blessing. So I've definitely
1: tried to tell him. Is he still teaching? He is not teaching anymore. No, he moved back home to Colorado. That would be so amazing if you did maybe have a chance to connect with him again and really let him know it's come full circle. You know, who knows what he knows about what you're doing today. I know having a father that's a professor, you rarely forget your students. You may not think that as a student, but professors remember. Mm -hmm. And there's very little more gratifying, more fulfilling as a professor to have your students come back and let them know, when you said this, Mm -hmm. this changed everything for me. And here's how it's impacted me. So- Maybe he needs to know a little bit more. Maybe you need to send him some (laughs) some merchandise or some, you know, some books or something. I don't know. But anyway, well, Felicia, I'm so glad that we got to chat today. It makes my heart really happy. When I see you pop up in my social media feeds, I really mean it that I'm so proud of the work that you're doing. The work you're doing today is going to impact not just your generation, but your children's generation. And beyond, and I want to encourage those that are listening today to remember, you may not have it all figured out right now. In fact, I'm confident you don't have it figured out right now. I don't have it all figured out. You don't have it all figured out. Mm -hmm. But when we partner with God and we do understand that his ways for us are bigger and better than we can imagine, beautiful fruit comes. We'll never even know all the fruit, but we get to see some of it. I'm so glad that you were able to take some time out of your really busy schedule and chat with me today.
0: Thank you for having me, Lori.
1: I hope you enjoyed this conversation that Felicia and I had. It was such a delight to connect with her and to hear about the one conversation from her professor that truly changed her mindset, her perspective, and ultimately the course of her life. I mean, it affected who she married and the type of work she's doing today, which is so critical for this generation. Take a moment and hop over to Instagram to follow Felicia. You can find her at Felicia Masonheimer. I'm also linking to her in the show notes. And you can also pick up her book anywhere books are sold, including Amazon. And the name of the book is Every Woman a Theologian. I want to ask you a favor. Would you leave a review for that one conversation wherever you listen to podcasts? Those reviews are a form of podcast currency that helps others discover that one conversation. I'd also love to hear from you. Hop over to my website, thatoneconversation.com and you'll find all the different ways we can connect. In closing, I wanna remind you that one conversation can truly change the course of one's life. In a day and age where we can access people 24/7, there's no reason you can't pick up the phone schedule a Zoom call, or meet a friend for a drink to connect over conversation. Will you do that this week? Will you cultivate the conversations in your own life?